0: So, have we had a good day today? Hey, Amen. We've had a good day. Uh, you know, we've enjoyed everything. Uh, you know, the spirit has been has been good. Uh, you know, um, I have uh, you know enjoyed you know being back home. Uh, it was good to uh, sleep in in my own bed. Uh, you know, last night. Uh, you know, so that was. That was a plus, Uh, you know, um, it was especially good to see my wife as she pulled up at the. uh, Well, I I wasn't going to say anything about a half an hour late, uh, you know, but, you know, I was glad that she, you know, that she showed up, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, the truck was all in one piece and it was pouring down rain. I was like, oh, praise the Lord, she made it. Uh, you know, now, it was really kind of stressful because, uh, you know, well, I'm not going to get into it, but, uh, you know, it, well, it is good, uh, you know, to be back. Um, and, uh, you know, I have really enjoyed, uh, you know, um, I made comment to David back there in the back, you know, this morning's message, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed, you know, this morning's message. Um, As much as it meant to you, uh, you know, God really, uh, you know, stomped on my feet and, uh, you know, really moved within me as I, uh, you know, tried to work and to prepare, uh, you know, this morning's message for you. Uh, You know, and I go back and I think about, uh, you know, um, last Sunday and how I challenged each one of you, and and I'm going to stay on this, uh, you know, because, I truly believe, uh, you know, in in the studies that we have through revivals and through reformation, that what came before those was teaching. We need to go back and we need to be taught, uh, you know, the Word of God, And, and not the, the soft and the sugar-coated part of, of God, but looking at that battle and, that, that, and the struggle uh, you know, that Jacob had and the understanding of what God was trying to and what he was trying to have you know, uh, Jacob to see, but for us to see today and what that battle was and uh, you know, the fact that uh, you know, it wasn't Jacob that initiated it, but it was God that initiated that battle. Uh, You know, we all too often forget the fact that God truly has something for us. But there's a lot of times that we don't want to go through the work to get it. Uh, You know, if it's easy, we're all for it. But if it causes difficulty, uh, you know, in work, we we really don't want it. Uh, You know, but it's a battle. Uh, You know, and yes, the life that we're in is a battle last week and last Sunday night we went in and we were talking in Hebrews and we were in Hebrews chapter 6 and we looked at the verses uh, you know verses 11 of chapter 6 and we began there and went all the way through the end of that and talked about verse 14 and what it is talking about is talking about spiritual growth and it gave us this understanding that we shouldn't be immature in our walk with Christ anymore we've We've been believers of God and of Jesus Christ long enough that we should actually be teaching other people, but yet we can't because our, you know, because we're lacking in our nourishment. We're still drinking the milk instead of eating the solid food. And he was talking about the fact that there's things that he wants to teach us, but we won't understand them because of our spirituality and, and where we are. Uh, you know, so we go in and uh, you know we look into chapter six, and chapter six begins with uh, with this it says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. let us move on into uh, let us let us go on instead and become mature under and in our understanding. Uh, you know surely we don't need to start over again with the fundamental fundamentals uh, importance of repentance uh, you know from evil and placing our faith in God and it it talks about these things but then I want us to look at verse 4 because verse 4 gives us this and mm, we really don't know what to do with verse 4 do we uh, you know, so I, I know that people are staring at me, so I'm in Hebrews chapter 7, right, or chapter 6 right now. In verse 4, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4, what in the world are we going to do with this particular passage of Scripture? Because it says, for it's important, or it's impossible, to bring back to repentance those who were once enlightened those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the holy spirit who have tasted the goodness of god's or the goodness of the word of god and the power of of the age to come some of them say in the power of the holy spirit and who then turn away from god it is impossible to bring such, per- such people back to repentance by rejecting the Son of God. They, then, they themselves are nailing Him to the cross once again, holding Him up to public shame. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this passage of Scripture here? Uh, you know, to be honest, we... We have to take this passage of Scripture at face value. We have to look at this and we have to understand that if there is someone that is walking in the light of God and they have tasted the Holy Spirit, as in they've had the Holy Spirit fill them and they have done work in the Holy Spirit, but yet turn away from that. The scripture says that they're not able to turn back. Now, I do want to caution us because this is not the fact that we've wandered off and that we have decided to kind of walk our path for a certain period or for a certain time in our lives. This is talking about coming to a point in a particular spot in our lives that we denounce that there is a God or there ever was a God. That we refuse to see that God is or God has ever existed. That's what this is talking about. This is not talking about just a wandering away from God. you know, some would say backsliding. That's not what this is talking about. But we say this, and I go into this, because we need to deal with this passage of Scripture, because if we don't agree with this passage of Scripture, then we might as well throw the whole book away. We, we can't take part of it and then leave it, you know, and, and not take all of it. we got to take all of it. Now, you know, so we look at this, and it tells us this stuff. But the thing about it is, is that whenever we go here and we look at this, the next passages of Scripture begins to change its terminology. Because whenever it's talking about the one that believed in Christ but no longer believes, or believed in God but no longer believes in God, it's talking as in a broad spectrum. But whenever it then turns and it begins to talk about the we and the us, it comes into talking particularly about the people that this book was written for. And whenever we're looking at what this book was written for, in verses 7 and 8, it then goes, when the, when the ground soaks up the fallen rain and bears a good crop for the former, it has God's blessing, but if, if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless the former will soon command that the field to be burned. Some of them talk about the field is cursed, uh, and, you know. But the end process is in verse eight is, is that the field is redeemed, useless, therefore uh, it's burned up. So we look at this, and this is kind of on this farmer's, uh, you know, uh, parable that says. Uh, you know the sower of the good seed or the sower of the seed there's some seed that falls on good soil and whenever it falls on good soil it multiplies it brings about a tremendous harvest Uh, whenever the gospel is thrown out on our lives and it uh, you know it sinks in and it begins to uh, you know to sink into the soil that has been tilled and it's watered by God. Uh, And whenever it's watered by God, we have to say that the watering that God does in our lives is through scripture. uh, It's through the teaching of God's word. It's through Sunday school. It's through fellowship. It's through prayer. It's through Bible reading. It's through listening to the words of the preacher. All of these things are the rain that falls on our hearts or on our lives that waters the gospel so that the gospel can then grow. And if the gospel doesn't grow, then it's useless, right? So in other words, if the gospel is thrown on our lives and God waters it and you you sit there in the church and you listen to the gospel and you listen to the preaching and you listen to the words that's read and you go to Sunday school and you listen to your teacher, but it never produces a good crop, all it does is produce thistles, then it says that your life will then be cursed and eventually the former will call and say that your life is useless and it's burnt up. Okay, so you see where we are? Uh, You know, the author here is not holding back any words. He says, this is the way that it's going to be. If you hear the gospel and the gospel is watered in your life and your life is fertile because you're receiving the word that God has for you, then it will grow and the crop will grow and it will produce abundance. So you get it? Uh, You know, it's not this life that I can sit along the wayside and I can do whatever I want to do and eventually before, uh, you know, before I die, I will really accept Christ into my life. But what I'm going to do in the meantime is just simply sit here on the pews and look like a Christian. It says if we do that and the gospel stays there unfertilized, then thorns and thistles is going to grow. You can't sit on the wayside and still have the gospel be a part of your life. It's got to grow. You know, how many of y'all know what cuts it is? You know what that is, cut If I pronounced it wrong, katsu cuts it, whatever it is. That is a a weed that is horrible. Do you understand that it will actually grow 36 inches within a 24-hour period of time? It will consume everything that it's in. Now, we brought this over from Japan so that we wouldn't have erosion, right? We put it on the hillsides and stuff so that the so that it wouldn't erode off, so it would hold the dirt in. And what's it done? It's taken over the trees. You know, it's all this here. I, but I want you to know something, okay? Goats eat it. So if you have an overabundance of kudzu taking over your grass, go get you some goats. They'll eat it up. It won't grow. It has no issues, okay? So they'll just chomp it and eat it up. Now, that's, uh, okay, that's just a little tidbit for you. That doesn't have anything to do with the message. I just figured if you had kudzu that that would help you get rid of it. Oh, uh, you know, but the thing about it is is that if you don't plant something, is going to take it over, or thorns and thistles is going to take it over. If we don't allow God's Word to flourish in our hearts, thorns and thistles will grow. You can't sit in church and ignore the gospel and have roses grow. You can't have fruit grow. Thorns and thistles are going to grow. And that's talking about us. That's talking about the church. That's talking about believers. That's what it's it's given this to us and it's you know it's it's a warning but we we got to go on further in there because in, in verse nine it says, "Dear friends. So now he becomes really cordial with the people. Some of the you know translation says, "Dearly beloved." So these are people that he really endures, or that is nice that he's yep, he's encouraging them. Uh, you know, so the pastor's giving you bad news, uh, you know, and now he's going to encourage you. So he says, "Dear friends, even though we're talking this way." We really don't believe that this is going to happen to you or this applies to you. I just began to paraphrase that for you. Okay? Uh, you know, see, uh, you know, what it is is that what he's talked about as far as, uh, you know, the thorns and the thistles growing. And what he's talked about as far as those that have heard the gospel and have received the gospel into their lives. And they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But then they've turned away from him He's saying, I know that that's not you. I know that you you haven't done that, but what we do with this passage of Scripture is, is we take heed to this, because if we do not fertilize our soil, if we do not allow God to grow and God to fertilize the seeds and for it to grow and to multiply, we will be exactly like the person that has known God, but then turned away from Him. See, it's got to be something that is continual, something that we always do. We must always thirst and always hunger. We must always seek. We must always want more of God. Whenever we stop seeking and we stop wanting more and more of God, then we begin to have the ability or we, we get this in ourselves that uh, you know, we are no longer tending to the soil So that it grows and it produces a good good crop. We've just left it alone. And it's just like the kutzu. Kutzu will take over. You know, they actually say that kutzu will literally take and tear a building from its foundation. If you allow it to grow long enough. It will destroy it that's in our lives if we do not take care of it now, you know the the passage that we started off and that we talked about first was talking about having a spiritual life and how to have a spiritual life we need to study and we need to listen to God's word and you remember this you know the first message I, you know whenever I talked about this I said that God has a revelation for you he gives me words and he gives me messages and stuff as i pray and as i study and as i teach he gives me the things to say uh, you know to you but he has something specific for each and every one of you but if you're babes in christ you won't understand it we have to move from babes in christ to where we're mature if we don't move from babes in christ then our field and our heart is going to grow nothing but thorns and thistles and we become useless. Whenever we look at this, I, I kind of want to guess, want us to have this understanding as far as the passage of Scripture that, you know, that talks about the axe. Remember, the axe is laid at the root, ready to chop it down. Ready to chop it down. If we're not careful, The farmer is at the field, ready to burn it to the ground. Because it's useless. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. What about God's mercy? Well, wait a minute. How old are you? He has shown mercy to you all of your life. And there comes a point in time that mercy's got to go. We've got to do something. It's gotta go. This is, whoo, man. Sometimes I wonder why I get into things like this. Verse 10. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring, by caring for other believers. As you still do so let's stop right there at 10 whenever we look here at verse 10 uh, you know it gives us two particular things it says for God is not unjust he will not forget what he will not forget how hard you have worked and he won't do what he will not forget your love that you have shown to others So it's not the works. We don't work for salvation. We don't work for God's grace and for God's mercy. But whenever we do God's work, he sees it. And he will bless us for the works that we do. But then it also says that the love in which you do the work, I will also see that. And the work that you show for others, I will see that. And that's the blessings. And that's where the blessings come. See, we, we see and we hear all of these things. But do we truly take them to heart? You know, it's harsh words. But the thing about it is, is that we have to be careful not to fall into Those. It's they're, they're not words that's spoken or that's given to us so that we fear God and that we walk in this life with fear and trembling, but we walk this life with the confidence that we're doing what God has truly called us to do. And if we're doing what God has truly called us to do, then He will see the hard works and He will see the love in which we do them. And if He sees those, then He blesses those, and we don't have to worry about the field being uh, you know, taken over about thorns and thistles we don't have to worry about falling away and about not believing in him and just rejecting god altogether we don't have to worry about those things see we take from this and we we don't harper them, we don't hammer on them. well we do we look at the bad but then we move from the bad and we say okay i don't want that Church of the Nazarene really deals with this whenever we look at you know, tribulations and about whether or not the church is going to be taken up you know, pre-trib, mid-trib, or at the end of it. Uh, you know, we don't care. We don't have a stance. We just say, you need to be ready regardless of when it happens. We see this passage of Scripture that talks about people turning away from God, and we don't need to be afraid of it. We just need to keep on going with God. We need to keep on doing what God has called us to do. We need to keep on studying His Word. We need to keep on gathering with like-minded people. We need to love other people. We need to work and do God's work so that we produce a fruit that He has for us to produce. Let's go on to eleven. We'll at least get through uh, you know verse twelve. You know eleven. Our great desire is that you will keep keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who were gone before Uh, who have gone to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Because of their faith and endurance. There comes up that struggle and that battle that we're in. We walk this life and we do these things in our faith of God. And we've seen people go on before us that's made it. That have passed over the crystal sea and entered in through the gate of pearls. Or of pearl and is walking on the streets of gold. We look at their lives as encouragement. There was this hiker really experienced hiker that lived on the mountains he loved the beautiful views and the scenery of the mountains and walking in the cool of the day of the of the mountains and this group of friends and other hikers that he was with the hikers enthusiasts they they looked out and they saw at the base of the mountains the the mighty desert And they longed and they said, man, I wonder what it would be to go out into the unchartedness of the desert and and to be successful in walking through the desert. Finally, after many years of them taunting this guy and kind of encouraging him and saying, you really need to do this. If anyone can make it through, you can make it through. So he finally decides to embark and as he is going out on this adventure, Uh, His heart is light because he has this new adventure in his life. And he's like, yes, I get to go and experience something anew and fresh in my life. And he hears the cheers of his buddies behind him saying, go for it. You can do it. You can make it. You know, we've done all that, right? We've we've stood behind our buddies and we said, yeah, you can make it. You go ahead. Uh, You know, it's like that commercial, Mikey likes it. You go ahead, Mikey, you eat it. And we all have those people that we've cheered on from the back and his buddies was doing that and he gets out there and lo and behold he's gone too far out into the desert and he can no longer hear his buddies cheering behind him. And the sun is beating down on him and uh, you know, and then the night falls, and I don't know how many of y'all have ever experienced the desert at nighttime. It gets really cold, and he had this northeastern wind that was blowing on him, and uh, you know he just became so cold. Uh, you know, and he sat down, put his heads between his head between his knees, and just prayed for a little bit of warmth to come across his body. And the frigid wind continued. To blow and continued to burn or, or to blow on his skin and his fingers began to go numb and his face was already burnt from the from the cold air and he began to think about the things of home began to think about the nice trails that he used to walk on and began to think about the nice view from his cabin and how it was picturesque looking out across the valleys and here he is in the middle of this desert about to die. And they remembered his buddies and the tears of his buddies as they were behind him saying, you can do this, you can make this. And he gets this renewed charge in his walk. And he gets to his knees and he moves from his knees and he's standing on his feet and he looks into the begin, into the at, in forward and he says, I can make this. I can do this. And as the cheers in his head from his friends from behind, his heart lightens and his steps begins to move. And as he begins to move, encouragement begins to flow into his body. And he begins to move and he begins to move. And as dawn opened, he sees the green fields of the farmers. Right at the edge of the desert. He almost gave up. But he heard the cheers from his friends. The great cloud of witnesses. The people that cheer us on. The ones that have gone on before us. And have shown us the persistence. And the patience and the endurance that it takes We hear their voices in our heads whenever we feel that we can't go on anymore. And we rise to our feet and we walk. We walk to the finish line. The words that we have here in Hebrews, you know, in chapter 6, is words of encouragement. Words that tell us that we can't allow our lives to become thorns and thistles. We need to continue to bring in God's word and to let God reign upon our lives and take that nourishment in and allow it to bring forth mighty fruit for God. But in those moments and times that we feel our weakness We have to look forward to the ones that have gone on before us. We have to look towards our friends. We have to look to our families. and We have to look to the ones that have made it and that their faith has brought them across the finish line. And we have to say, if I continue on, if I only get up and only walk a little bit further, I'll make it. It's like that battle this morning. We can't let go. We've gone too far. God has given us too much to turn loose. We have to have faith that he will accomplish the work that he has set forth in our lives. We have to keep going. We must keep pursuing God. So let's stand this evening. As we pursue God, we go out into this world and not only do we continue to absorb the gospel and continue to grow our faith in what God has for us, but we share it to the ones that need it. We share it to our brothers and sisters. We share it to the lost so that we can have a great crop, so that we can help God and multiply His kingdom. It's not just for us to sit on the sidelines. So we go from here, afresh and anew, encouraged by God, that the people that's around you are here to help you to make it to the finish line. To make it to the promised land. So that your heart is full of the fruits of the gospel. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for tonight. God, I thank you for this word that we have. God, although they're harsh words, but God, we look forward to those things, Lord, that our field produces fruit for you. We stand fast in our faith holding on to you. In Jesus' name, amen.